Welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast, where you'll discover that when it comes to your health, you're so much more powerful than you've been led to believe. And now, your host. She's a holistic nutrition and lifestyle coach, chef, author, and yogi, Christine Ocasey. Hello, and welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast. I'm Christine Ocasey. Thanks so much for listening. So a fundamental theme we explore on the podcast is the importance of inner work when it comes to our physical, mental, and emotional health. This personal journey of self-discovery, which is very often catalyzed by a health challenge or a big life transition, sets us on the path of looking at our values, our abilities, natural talents, passions, capabilities, what inspires us. And all these things that we discover about ourselves have a huge impact on our relationships, our career paths, and definitely how we care for ourselves and our well-being. Now, the more we understand ourselves, the more we step into our full personal power. Why? Because the decisions we make become more aligned with what really matters and who we really are, instead of those decisions being dictated by our familial conditioning, or society in general. This journey of knowing yourself is not really an intellectual endeavor, but a heart-centered path where we let curiosity, exploration, and compassionate inquiry lead the way. Well, today's special guest is Laura Heil, whose mission is all about guiding people to access and trust their intuition. She's a yoga instructor, Reiki master and intuitive guide with a passion for cardology. Cardology is the ancient mystical science of playing cards, aka the astrology and numerology of the playing cards. So these cards, they represent personality archetypes, symbols of our personal expression, and and give insights into what important elements of our life will be like. When we study the meaning and significance of our cards, our life card, we can gain invaluable knowledge about ourselves and and some insights into how we can get the most out of our lives by using the energies that come most easily to us. So on this really fascinating and and soul-centered episode, Laura and I talk about how the cards help us better understand what our natural gifts are, what type of work can give us the most satisfaction perhaps the patterns and tendencies that we would like to change and shift in our lives for our greater well-being, how we interact in our personal relationships, how we might be perceived by others, and so much more. I can't wait for you to listen in on this fun conversation that Laura and I have about cardiology and connecting to our intuition. To look up your life card, you can visit her website, lauraheil.com slash cards. I'll put that in the show notes. And for an even deeper dive, you can check out her brand new course opening in March, uh, March 20th, actually. It's a fun interactive class that will give you the gift of learning to trust your own inner guidance. So I hope you enjoy the show. And if you do like it, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcast. And if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, I invite you to do so so that the messages can reach people easier. Hey, Laura, so good to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So wonderful. So I would love for you to start 
always from the beginning. <laughs> what puts you on the path, essentially, to do the work you do now? It's kind of a circuitous path, if you will. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but <laughs> I was I started out after college at a big five accounting firm in Chicago. <laughs> and it was, I probably worked there for about a year before the Enron scandal happened. I don't know if you remember yes, this. Yes, of course. <laughs> this was, I was working for Arthur Anderson and that was the accounting firm for Enron. Yes. And they, I mean, they don't exist anymore. And that company was 90 years old. And I just, it was such a jarring experience because it actually happened about like two months after 9-11. Oh my gosh. So all of that time. happened. It was a crazy time. And people were getting fired right and left from their jobs at the company. And I just thought this is not stable. And I thought it was going to be stable. So I decided to quit and go back to school to become a high school Spanish teacher because I thought mm. they always need Spanish teachers, don't they? Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I did that. that right. And I taught for about eight years. And I really liked it. I liked the students a lot. It's just um, the schedule was really difficult for me. So Teachers pretty, work hard. Oh my God, they work so hard. Yes, and it's, they do. You know, you're getting up at 540 in the morning and then you're seeing 150 teenagers every day. It's, uh, it's yeah. a lot. Yes. With not very much downtime. Exactly. So I decided, so about eight years into that, I got this really weird food allergy that came on and I, mm. I felt like I had food poisoning off and on mm. at different times of the day for days in a row. Wow. And my dad is a family physician and he mm -hmm. said, oh, you just got IBS. And I'm right. like, listen, that's not a real diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we'd say to get people out of the office. <laughs> that's what you've been telling me for years. This is not the same thing. This is different. Yes. And so I was like, I really feel like it's some kind of food allergy. So I got a blood test and mm -hmm. my ESNFL count was off the charts. It was like 58. It's supposed to be between zero and eight. That's one of the white blood cells. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and, and some of the foods that came up were like eggs, tomatoes, and, you know, they didn't test that many foods. But so he says, the blood test doctors and the skin prick doctors are like, like, they don't agree with each other all the time. Mm, mm. So you should go also see someone that does a skin prick test, where mm -hmm. they test your skin. Mm -hmm. And he's like, one of the issues with that is if it's food, you know, you're testing your outer shell, mm. and the food's going into your inner shell. So it's kind of to me, I was like, that doesn't really make sense. But okay, we'll go do it. So okay. he did. So he did the skin prick test. This guy, this doctor, he brought in one of his like interns in. He's like, you have to see these numbers. They're crazy. <laughs> these eosinophil numbers. And I'm like, this is helping a lot. <laughs> you are an anomaly. Great. <laughs> right. Yay. And so he's, he gets the results back. And he's got this whole list of all these foods. He says, most of these, you're probably just going to want to avoid for a few weeks. Okay. And they'll resolve themselves. But he's like, you can never eat eggs again. <laughs> and I love brunch so oh, much. Oh, I am so with you. Can I tell you that is the most favorite, like most l luscious meal of the day for me? Seven days a week. I like, yeah. I like, that's my schedule. I oh, love do you my, brunch seven days a week? I do brunch. I just, because that's my main meal, essentially. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I would cry if I couldn't eat eggs. I'll be honest yeah. with you. And so mm -hmm. I was sort of paralyzed in that moment. And like, I just couldn't think, I couldn't really respond. I was just kind of taking it all in. But I heard this voice in my head, as soon as he said, you'll never eat eggs again, I heard this voice say, no. Hmm. Just, And I thought, what was that? Uh, <laughs> what was that? Wow. Um, and so he sends me into the nutritionist, and she's giving me recipes to make my own salad dressing. And back then, I just wasn't doing that was like, I was like, what? No. <laughs> 
Um, so I left there, I was crying. And then, but part of me, there was part of me deep down inside that said, you know, I am just, I'm not going to live like this. I absolutely refuse. This came on out of nowhere. All of these foods that are on this list are things that I was eating that week. Mm. And I was like, it's going away. I don't care what I have to do. So I started, mm. um, I started asking around my yoga teacher friends and someone sent me to an energy healer and she sent mm. me to a Nayat practitioner. Mm. I'm going to butcher this, but it's like, Narambamapab's allergy elimination technique. It's a, an Indian woman and it's her last name and it's very long and I don't know what it is. Okay. But basically the idea is um, you do acupuncture and you hold these vials that have the energetic essence of whatever it is you need to clear. And then mm-hmm. they do the acupuncture on you while you're holding them. And then they, and you just have the needles in for 20 minutes and then you need 24 hours without exposure to those things. Mm-hmm. And then it's supposed to clear. Mm-hmm. So okay. I mean, the man that I worked with had... This woman was getting sick every time she got into her car. They tried car fibers and everything. So he finally treated her in the car, had her get out, and it worked. Wow. So the idea of the woman, the way she created this was she'd gotten bad news when she was on the phone with someone and she was drinking orange juice. And it's like that shock made the body think the orange juice was bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a vibration that, uh, you know, is... is, it's, a, it's a negative frequency. It's a frequency essentially that is not supported by the body's natural state, right? So exactly, exactly. It, it, so yeah. whatever happened that week for me, I don't even, still don't even really know, um, caused all of these this food allergy to go off. Well, eventually, I got enough work done on myself that I cleared it all. I'm eating eggs. Sometimes I even drink regular milk, and I'm okay, which used to never wow. work for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm. It's it's almost like it was uh, the kickoff for me to start exploring, and about a year or two after that, I quit teaching. Okay. And I just, I was like, I'm too exhausted all the time. And I decided to become a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I started studying Reiki. Mm-hmm. And then I started teaching Reiki. And mm-hmm. then I moved to Asheville. Wow. And I started a business with a friend and we decided that, that wasn't really working. So now I'm kind of restarting my own business, taking nice. all of those 10 years of everything that I've learned, yes. helping people basically make intuitive decisions. Yeah. Instead of pro con lists, asking your friends for advice, not that those aren't helpful, because they can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at making a pro con list, you're just creating more decisions for yourself to make. It's like, <laughs> this is, there's two sides. So there's stuff in both sides. And you also have to weigh them now, like what's more important than the other thing. Yes. So it's it's going back to that idea that you have this kind of internal core piece of you that knows what the answer is and you just have to uncover it that's really the problem is train yourself how to use it and uncover that voice and get rid of all of the noise and everything outside of that so i have a three part three element process i like to say Mm -hmm. that will help people do that which is knowing yourself so getting to know yourself better and we right before we jumped on the call to do this we were talking about the cards and we we can get into that in a minute but i work work with cardology which is the astrology and numerology of the playing cards Mm -hmm. and the cards can help you just like really anything, the Enneagram, you know, mm. doing self work, anything can really help you get to know yourself better. I just love the cards. Yes. And then the second step is to clear your energy. So working on doing self work, and then, you know, working out and eating right and all of that stuff to keep your your field almost like your energetic field clear. And then the third piece of that is to maximize your skills and practice using your intuition, because it is a skill, it's like, you have to keep honing it and working on it and practicing it. And and it can, in my mind, just like any other skill that you have, like playing basketball, you can 
keep getting better and keep bringing in new pieces. Like maybe you're not good at dribbling, but you're good at free throws, but you can keep mm. working on dribbling, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a skill. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's beautiful. What was it about intuition and connecting people to, you know, strengthening their intuition that, what was it that drew you to? Was it a specific sort of theme that kept coming back to you as you, you know, became a yoga teacher, started energy medicine, because I love and I love the the notion of of connecting to our inner wisdom. I mean, that is yeah. so fundamental to, you know, my motivation for the work that I do in this space. I'm just really curious because I myself I was one of those lists person. I'd had the pro cons, you know. I was I was a banker for you know yeah. 12 years. So I mean, you know, I I before I found my path, I was also from the finance world. Interesting, oh, wow. um, you know, debits and credits makes sense, right? Right, right. It's all very <laughs> logical. Until it until you realize it's it's not, and right? It's actually miserable, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty subpar, <laughs> right? It's pretty subpar. That's really funny. But That's I'm a curious really good way to describe it. Is did you have that transformation too? That kind of. Oh, gosh, you know, um, I I don't know that there. Well, the first moment that would have stood out was that moment in the allergy doctor's office. Yeah, but. For me, it was just kind of making one decision after the other of this is actually miserable and I can't do this anymore. So when I quit my job at Arthur Anderson, when I quit teaching, um, right, it was, it's like, I realize I've been, I have been sometimes listening to my inner compass and that has worked. And then when I don't listen, I notice. And so working with Reiki. And then I'm also, I I am a yoga instructor, but my favorite thing to teach is yin yoga, where you're basically laying around and doing a nap in a pose. Mm -hmm. And that is all about feeling the subtle sensations in your body. So I just, it's, it's, I don't know that there's one thing that stood out. Um, It's just like this culmination of it's sort of the theme that I've experienced. And Mm -hmm. I would say I was raised by a very powerful mother. Okay. And she is a trigger puller. One time someone said about her that she, it's like, instead of ready, aim, fire, it's ready, fire, aim for her. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think having like such a decisive figure in my life, my whole life, that it's like, I, I don't really have trouble making decisions. I just do it. I just decide and move on. And so I think it's, it's, um, it's like kind of just part of my character, so that's mm-hmm. where I think the decision making is so huge because mm-hmm. we we have to do like we they say we make like thirty five thousand decisions every day. Interesting. It's exhausting. Interesting. And then I took a trip two thousand eighteen and walked the Camino. Oh yeah. And my business former business partner, best friend Candy, and I are taking people again this fall. Yes. Um, and we have spots available, but mm-hmm. on that trip, what I realized, would they have the meals planned? They're telling you what time you need to be somewhere you don't have to make any decisions. Okay. It was a whole week of the only thing you were deciding is what to eat mm-hmm. at your meals. And mm-hmm. I mean, that just was such a stark contrast to daily life mm-hmm. that I thought it just gave you so much space to really like be yourself and feel into who you really are because you're not having to deal with all of these other things. Mm-hmm. So it is that kind of culmination of all of these different things happening. And then I mean, I'm just, I am currently, to be honest with your audience and you, making my little free course for the three-step process 
finishing it today mm-hmm. so that this could be ready for your podcast to go out tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it's like it is happening in real time right real now. Time. The, the, the whole process is just pulling together and it's pulling together everything that I've been studying for 10 years. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's such a fundamental piece of of all of this type of work, you know, and, and so you mentioned cardiology. So, Mm -hmm. so curious to dive into that as, you know, um, you know, how did you discover it? And, you know, how has it helped you? Like, why, why was it? How did it speak to you and and change things for you? Well, I will tell you the story is really good. So I went on a girl's trip to Colorado in 2014. And we all decided to go get an intuitive reading at this Mm -hmm. new age shop. (laughs) <laughs> and the woman that was there pulls out this book and she says, you're a six of clubs. And I was like, wait, what? I mean, I used to love playing cards. I love playing solitaire. I played of euchre, course. Midwesterner. Yes. So euchre all the time when we were young. <laughs> okay. um, always had a deck of cards around. So cool. there's something about just the feel of the cards in my hands and the symbols that always called to me. Wow. But when she said that, Um, I had someone ask me, you know, what was it about the description of the six of clubs that resonated? I said, she didn't need to say anything else. I was hooked when she said, you're a six of clubs. I was like, wait, what? We have a card. We have a hand we were actually dealt. All of those Mm -hmm. phrases that people say, you know, those are just the cards you were dealt. That's just the hand. I mean, it's real. I never thought about that. Oh my (laughs) God, that's brilliant. Yes. It is real. You do have a card and that card has a hand. So it is based on your birth date, not the year you were born. So everybody with your same birthday will have that card. Yes. And it's not as complicated or as in-depth as astrology, but it's similar. And okay. I think it's it's just as valuable, but it's not as, I think it's not as confusing, but also it's not going to take you as deep as astrology does. Mm-hmm. So you have this card for your birthday. You also have a second major card um, depending on your sun sign. So if you're a Leo or an Aquarius it picks out another card in your hand. Okay. Based on like, um, so if Aries is ruled by Mars, it's the Mars card in your hand. So you have a Mercury card, a Venus card, a Jupiter card. And if anyone out there is listening, knows anything about astrology, mm-hmm. the Mercury card would indicate like how you communicate. Mm-hmm. The Mars card would indicate um, your, the way you get angry or the, what, what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then, so the cards describe your personality and then there's also a, like a, you can get software and this book that tell you about the cards you have every year of your life. So there's a spread of cards yeah. that okay. changes for every year of your life. So you can look at okay. the theme, the themes okay. and things that are going on. Okay. Okay. Um, can, you challenges. Look, can you look at back years? Can I say what was going on in, you know, 2011? Oh yeah. The, the book is, has all, has 99 years for every single card in it. And the book is by a man named Robert Lee Camp. And if you find him on Amazon or wherever, just it's the blue one. Perfect. The cards cards of your destiny is the blue book. Thank you. So then the third piece of this is the the relationships. Mm -hmm. So if I say like, let's just pretend like the Mars card in your hand is a three of spades. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's a three of spades is going to have a Mars type of energy with you. And there isn't really anything you can do to change the energy. It's sort of like, that's just the, the connection. And that's why when you meet someone and you think, I've known them forever, you <laughs> probably have a past life Venus or past life moon card. It feels really nice and really cozy. And you've known each other in a past life. If, mm. And then um, 
so it's sort of like you're locked into those energies. So on my website, you can look up your card. You can, I've created a course for every single card, which I believe I'm the only one out there that has a course for every card. Amazing. And then we have reports that are the compatibility reports where you can look up um, like what your compatibility is between two people. So you can find that out. And then if you want the report, you can get it. And we have a lot of like questions you should, re- you can reflect on in those mm-hmm. courses and reports and like pro tips on how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think it just, for me, what's really helpful is it makes you feel like you're less crazy <laughs> when you can, re- when you can see this, you reflected back to yourself and these yeah. types of things. And you're yeah. like, Oh, that is me. And it also gives you the opportunity to bring that stuff to the, the to bring it into your consciousness. Right. So if it's a subconscious pattern, you're just running around, you know, doing your whole life running mm-hmm. on this subconscious pattern. This will give you the opportunity, opportunity to look at it and say, Oh, okay, I have to work on this. So one of the things about my card is this, like, we're one of the most intuitive cards in the deck. So that's another mm-hmm. answer to an earlier question you had is, is yes, but mm-hmm. my card is also a card where there's so much um, self doubt that the man, Robert Lee camp says that a boast six of clubs don't actually reach their potential because they just sit in the self doubt. Mm-hmm. And so I've been working actually recently on a lot of clearing out some of that self doubt yeah. um, to, to be able to be teaching these types of things. So nice. it's, it's when you can nice. see, oh, it's saying I've got, you might have all this self doubt and you have to really then look at yourself. Do I have self doubt? Because you might not even realize yeah, you're doing below it. the radar. Right. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, sabotaging yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, you know, so I love, you know, how cardiology and astrology for that matter, these systems that, you know, they're really systems of kind of deeper knowing, deeper self-understanding, you know, and, and like all things, you know, when we make an intention to kind of know ourselves more um it is very validating you say oh that's why i have a tendency to do that oh that makes no sense when i do that things work so much better but i love the fact that you emphasize it's also very confronting you know Mm -hmm. because it's like oh yeah you know what i mean that's why i'm having so much difficulty with that or you and and again it's just more information you know to, to do something different or to do to work, to live more consciously, I guess. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many ways to do that. So, mm. but we had, you had told me you're the five of hearts. I am. So, so curious, like what, so, what insights there might resonate? Well, first of all, a five, the fives often the um, are, well, five is the number of sort of like the explorer, the child, and they often might feel like they have, they want to do everything all at once. yes and they can't and the best recommendation for a five is to just make a list okay and when you get overwhelmed take things one day at a time yes but um it's that if you just think about even the way the pips the pips are the symbols on the cards so if you think about the way the pips are laid out for a five there's one in the middle and then the four on the corners so there's you in the middle and then all this like energy scattering out everywhere at once Uh yeah um and then the the fives are also, like I said, the scientists, they're the explorers, they're really curious. Mm-hmm. And they're, they like, especially with the hearts, because the hearts represent people. So mm-hmm. hearts represent people, they represent youth. And I mean, I'm looking right at your face, and you mm-hmm. kind of have a heart shaped, youthful <laughs> face. And that's actually okay. pretty, pretty normal. It's like people almost mm-hmm. look like 
their cards. So the hearts are used. The clubs are school aged years, so they're like in, like internal teenager is always alive and kicking, and that's me. And I definitely cool. could feel it's like I love the CW. It's all those shows for young adults <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in my mid forties. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. And then the diamonds are the adults. They're the earners, like the wage earning years. And then the the people who are spades are like the wise ones. They've kind of been around the block. Um, okay. If you think about the spade, it actually has all four. Well, it has all the other three symbols in it. It's got it's got the tip of the diamond, the stem of the club, and then it's kind of like the upside down heart. Yes. So it's the holistic. So you are, so the hearts as a heart, you would probably like people and talking to people and connecting with people. And you're enigmatic because there's sort of a mysterious alluring side to you. There are certain cards that are like alluring and sexier than others. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So but as a heart, you might be, you might end up sacrificing yourself to make others okay. Mm, that resonates. Yeah. Yeah. And you might be over, overly critical of yourself. Mm-hmm. So people are, that know you might feel really drawn to you and like, almost like you're like hypnotizing them a little bit. So they have to stay grounded in their view of you. So they don't get like, almost like a, like a, a haze or a cloud about you they kind of have to stay in reality but you're so curious about others and you shine your light toward other people that they really feel seen by you and you're genuinely like relatable and caring and people just just are really really connect with that and probably feel really good talking to you being around you Mm. um but there's like a secret private side Mm. that you're hiding is that true for you like you kind of keep certain things to yourself you don't really want everything out there yeah, that definitely resonates. That definitely so resonates. You have to ask your loved ones to kind of just keep persisting if they if to get to get you to open up to them. Yeah, that's that's been definitely an evolution and show, has been showing up in different, you know, uh challenges in my life where that yeah. seems to be the um the medicine, you know, yeah. is to to really let people in more. Mm-hmm. You know, trusted loved ones, friends, you know, relationships. Um, and then at the same time, there's a little paradox there because I do have had, you know, working on tendencies always to kind of, you know, that codependent kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? That'll be a problem for this card for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's that there's that balance, right, that I'm, you know, working on. I'm very aware of that. That's fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, that all resonates pretty, pretty spot on. I have to look at my face and see if it really does look like a heart. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's just really <laughs> youthful. And like, yeah, it's like, I mean, you don't have the widow's peak at the top or anything, but right, right. Yeah. The so rest cool. of it's like, youthful. Wow. Um, so when you work with the people, you know, and some, you meant you started to mention three parts. So know yourself, mm-hmm. right? Work on you know, clearing. Finding, clearing and health and, you know, balance in the body and mind, I guess. And then what was the third piece? Just so up Working on the actual skill, practicing with the skill, your intuitive skill. Right. So before we even go there, I'd love to ask this question sometimes when we get into these kinds of conversations. In your own words, what is intuition? Okay, this is great. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I actually looked up the actual definition and I feel like the actual definition is pretty good. Getting, I would call it information, but I'm a club and that is how we speak is information because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. it's the school, school age years. 
Yes. But it's getting information without like logical conscious processing. So to me, the logical mind is sort of the, um, the male energy. And this isn't gender. I mean, we all have male, female energy inside of us, right? So, and the male energy is that logical reasoning. The intuition is the feminine receptive energy. And, and that information comes in without the conscious processing. Mm. Okay. Okay. And it might be something you feel in your body. It might be something um, you just know that, and you don't know why you know it with no evidence. You're just certain about it. You might, some people might actually hear a voice. Like I did that one time. You might Mm -hmm. um, like hear a buzzing or a bell sound. You know, when someone says something, I've actually even smelled like I just had this really strong sense of chocolate (laughs) come Mm. into the room a few months Mm. ago. And I don't get smell very often, but my great grandmother owned a chocolate shop and my grandmother on the other side would always be like halfway through a chocolate sheet cake, whenever you'd go over to her house. (laughs) So (laughs) So it's like somebody, one of my grandparents was hanging around. Um, The way I feel it is if I'm trying to make a decision and I'm talking, there's a lot of chatter in my mind going, well, this, and then this, and maybe this, and then I'm missing it. It's this intuition, super quiet. It's super subtle. And it's just sort of sitting there in the background. Mm. Right. Beautiful. Okay. So it is in the background. It's in that sort of more subtle, sensitive part of our beingness, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, more about receptivity than action, right? The Mm -hmm. way you're describing it. Right. Definitely staying connected to our our body, you know, Mm -hmm. this this physical, biophysical thing that we're in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what, you know, many many ways to kind of help people hone that skill. What's step number one? Because, you know, these days there's a lot of chatter, not just within our own minds, that's certainly enough, but there's so much chatter because of the pace that we're living in these, these times. Yeah. The first is to get quiet. And I know people don't have time for that, but (laughs) I will say you don't need four hours of quiet time. You need five minutes. I know a lot of people that get, their intuitive hits in the shower. Yes. Because it's like you're just distracted enough by having to wash your body and wash your hair. You're kind of doing something physically, but there's you're not there's nothing else going on. And so I recommend people mm-hmm. turn off music. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to clean the house, don't listen to music. Okay. Or if you do make it for me at least I could never study with English words playing. I'd always have to listen to something in French, which I don't know, or, or some other language. So it didn't disrupt my um, my thought process. But yes. so for me, if I'm going to, if I want to kind of space out, I have to let go of songs I know the words to or or can tune into. Right. So it might be different for everyone, but it would be right. like, maybe just listen to solfeggio frequencies while you're cleaning mm-hmm. and see mm-hmm. if you can give yourself that space. So mm-hmm. it's really just the, the silence and it's the silence um, the quiet, like in the shower for a few minutes or meditating, but it's also in the moment. So if, if there's a decision that needs to be made, it's kind of stopping, taking a deep breath. Sometimes I even close my eyes and I, I think to myself, how does that, how would that feel? And maybe even exploring both options. So a really easy way to do this is to think about if you're going to decide to go out to eat, pick a restaurant, you know, you hate 
and then think of a restaurant you like and just close your eyes and imagine yourself going to the restaurant you don't like and see how that feels in your body. Mm. And then do the same with the restaurant that you like. You immediately know oh, yeah. there's a re- rejection. And so that feeling is sort of a contraction, a squeezing in. When it's, when it's a no, your body f- sort of feels like there's pressure coming in on it. When you're in the place you love, your favorite restaurant, your best, your favorite meal, you just, it's expansive, you're open, it's clear, you just feel the space open up around your body. And you don't need forever to do that, but you do need to take that pause in that moment. So knowing what a, I like to say a hell yes feels like and knowing <laughs> yeah. what a hell no feels like, right? Yeah, exactly. Just, right. Because like you said, it, it could be different for all of us, you know, the, right. the, where we feel it in our bodies. But that's a really good um, starting point, though, is to actually just trust, okay, you know, what does it feel like when I'm a hell yeah, you know? Yeah, and right. Then, and have that barometer. So you could always be going back to, I love that. well, this is a kind of yes. So yeah. you decide, am I living my life in kind of yes right now? I mean, you might be, there might be times in life where you have to do kind of yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's conscious um, kind of yes. But it's do you conscious. know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. And and when, and there's not so much irritation, you know, right. Um, as a result of making yeah. it consciously. Yeah. I always say that we are, there are always going to be things that are, we're not very like excited about, but, right. but if you consciously decide to fulfill the obligation, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. it's a lot different. It it's is a lot you, different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of that, um, you know, it's like, I always think about parents that have to watch their kids or my parents when I used to, I was a swimmer my whole life. I mean, talk about the most boring thing to go watch <laughs> in the whole world (laughs) swimming is the worst oh boy but you think about all those hours they spent and it's like they don't really want to be there but they do because they they love me and they want to support me so it's sort of that I'm doing this even though it's not a hell yes but it's important to me yes it's important to me it's aligned in that way yeah Mm -hmm. what do you think in the clients that you work with and designing this course and sort of anticipating what do you think are the biggest barriers um for us to even trust our intuition. So we might have, we might go through this process of like, it makes sense. There is mm-hmm. a deeper knowing. I want to get out of my head. It seems like a good way out of anxiety and rumination. But there's a part of me that I might recognize that, you know, I don't always listen to my, I, I, how do I know to trust myself? What are the biggest obstacles? Well, I would say in general, it's uh, that self-doubt. Yes, and exactly. self-worthiness. And so I think it's, getting to the core of if you think about the last time you did doubt yourself, or you knew what you were you wanted to do, but you didn't do it. Mm. Going back to why, why did you choose to go against your own intuition? And, and kind of exploring that and I, I often think it's I was gonna say people pleasing, but that's almost too general. It's like trying to fit in Mm-hmm. And feel like a lot of times it's like preventing rejection yeah, for people. So it's really going to be individual, sure. but a lot of times it's, it's, it's kind of that big self-work stuff that's getting in the way mm. that, that, that people need to look at, which is not always fun, but I've done a lot of self-work. And when you get on the other side of it, it just is, life is so much better and so much more fun and so much freer and easier. Mm. So it's definitely worth that self-exploration of kind of why I didn't follow my intuition this one time, or I felt like I was following my intuition and it didn't work the way I thought it was going to. And so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that kind of letting go of expectations mm-hmm. it's a big because 
because if you're judging, let's say you're following your intuition on something and then you, it doesn't work out the way you thought it would. And then you're judging how it didn't work out. You're putting an expectation on it and maybe you don't have the whole story yet. Maybe the whole story isn't going to unfold for another three months or four months. I love that. So that's a real important one, right? Is so so let's say we are on the, on the path and committed to living more intuitively, right? It doesn't always mean that we get what we want. No. Right. Right? It really it, it's it, it that's it's not a one to one. It's not in that nice little pretty box with the bow. Oh, I followed my intuition. I'm so yeah. happy now. <laughs> right. right? Sometimes it's actually quite the opposite. Yeah. So what's right. the, what's the meaning do we make of that? Did we not that's a, meaning, right? It's, it's important. A, Right. It is important. And I think it's um, the wrong versus right thing is problematic because like I said, it's sort of just a small piece of the puzzle and you're, you're, you're continually unwinding it and you don't know. I mean, I'm just going to use a game of Thrones reference here. It's like, cool. you know, you start watching the show, you don't know where it's going to take, like what's going to happen in the end. Right. And, but you just yeah. keep, you keep letting it unfold and letting it unfold and letting it unfold. And okay. And then finally the conclusion comes and you go, oh, okay, all of this has made more sense or not in the case of, you know, the last couple of episodes. People <laughs> <not> like, but <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, but you know, it, it's, it's a kind of almost like hubris to mm. make this assumption that you're going to understand how this entire pattern is going to play out. Sometimes I think that mm. intuitive hits that I get that I felt weren't right or weren't correct, it was... Um, creating a timing situation, like delaying something. So I didn't make a decision. Interesting. And so that, so that whatever had to happen based on universal time could, could unfold itself timing wise. That's right. So like, for example, in 2000 and I guess I'm going to screw these years up. I know we, we all do it. All. We <laughs> all 2021, 22. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say like the end of 2017, I was mm-hmm. like, I need to sell my condo. I had no idea why. And then I moved in with Candy. We had this really crazy experience with a, an intuitive business coach. It's a really long story. Mm -hmm. Then she, um, she was, she had a yoga studio at the time. She sold it. That whole thing fell apart. And then my Reiki teacher said to us, I just feel like you're going to move within three months. We had moved to Asheville. So a year after I sold my condo, I moved to Asheville. I had sold my condo because of moving to Asheville, I had no idea why I was selling my condo. I just knew that it was time. Yeah. And so it's sort of that kind of that faith in yourself. But when you feel like you've gotten something wrong and you start to then doubt yourself, that is just going to close that channel back down for it to keep working versus staying open and saying, okay, well, I feel like I was wrong about that, but I must not have been. I just don't have all the information yet. Mm. It's just the whole story hasn't played out yet. So I just have to keep going with it. I think that's a real fundamental piece. I love the way that you connect the two. Um, you know, our intuition is also inherently about, you know, sort of trusting the nature of life to unfold, you mm-hmm. know, exactly how it needs to. And, 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 and trusting that it always is. But are we, are we tuned in as best we can? Or are we actually pushing up against it? Do you know what right. I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that's what's coming through for me is like, when we say, okay, I'm going to, you know, kind of check in with myself, check in with my heart, um, <clears throat> try to get out of my head as, as much as I can. Um, we're trying to sort of just almost get in flow, you know, mm-hmm. plug into kind of a, an intelligence that's always there. 
So they, I always say, are we connected or are we not so well connected? You know, is it, it's like a failure to communicate. Right. <laughs> you know? That's so true. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and therefore it becomes something much more uh, safe. I think, you know, that you can't really get it wrong. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, you know, you, you know about, you know, so you said each birthday has the main card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of the year. So do you know some, and if you do, you, maybe, maybe you don't, that's fine. But do you know, like some famous people who are like a five of hearts or a six of clubs? I'd be so curious. Like, do you ever? Okay, actually, yes. All of the courses do have famous, five famous lists for each of the cards. So Very your cool. famous five of hearts. First of all, you have, my grandfather has your card and he <laughs> was such the storyteller. Mm. and people just loved being around him. So that description was actually mm. really accurate for him. Nice. Um, Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, dear. That's <laughs> um, fascinating. So John Stewart. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And if you think about him, and then Matthew Morrison, who was on Glee, he was the Spanish teacher on Glee. Oh. He, they kind of look alike. Kit oh. Harrington, speaking of Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Um, Judd Nelson. Oh, wow. So interesting. Um, okay, let's see. Mao Zedong. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes there's, you know. I don't know too much about that. <laughs> Paul Schaefer. Oh. It's just so interesting, you know, because I think so like, we're, we're always looking just for, you know, new lenses to kind of see, you know, why we do what we do. And, you know, right. it's, it's fascinating. Um, so, you know, we're living in very interesting times, as you were just talking about a moment ago. Um, you know, what would you like to share, you know, to be the benefits, um, you know, and, and really the underlying, you know, drive for what you do in terms of the people that you're trying to help? Why do, how can it be better if we all do a little bit more work on our intuition? Well, I think that for me, the intuition is connected, as you mentioned earlier, to the heart center. And there's that sort of that purity in that heart center when you're uncovering sort of the gunk that's on top of it and you get to that almost like innocent childlike part of yourself it just you just make better decisions and then you also are able to be more present and more almost like more healing for the people in your life mm. wow yeah exactly yeah i mean there's just so much um you know in this culture that tells you to just do 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 you know, mm-hmm. and so much in this culture that is always, um, I don't know, just, you know, gather more, you know, get more information. And, and like you said, sort of analyze, analyze, analyze. And if it's not logical, then, you know, it doesn't really have much merit. And right. I think, you know, I li- I'd like to think, you, it's interesting you mentioned children, because I think of children, you know, especially little ones, where they're just really, before the world has gotten them, you know, they're on wonder, you know, mm-hmm. open mind, curiosity, possibility. And I think we could use a lot more of that these days, you know, just, you know, I know I can use that in my life all the time, a little bit more play, a little bit more possibility, you mm-hmm. know. Well, mm-hmm. it keeps sort of that kind of, as you mentioned before, the flow open when you're in wonderment. And that's actually really funny you're saying that because that is what the five represents. The five is the child. And mm-hmm. that being in that wonderment, being in that what could possibly happen next? You're keeping those possibilities open for the universe. When you're making those pro con lists, you're kind of saying these are these are the things that are possible. Yes, that's right. 
You're right. But when you're saying, I'm open, show me, then something that is better than what you thought it could be can unfold. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And it just feels better. And I know that for me has been just talking about it is a good reminder to, you know, when you feel heaviness, when you feel kind of a little, you know, just down heavy, you know, again, mm-hmm. going back to the sensations that we actually connect to those emotions, right? Um, it's good knowing that my five, you know, I, I need to stand in my the higher expression of my five, you know, and remember and pull that, pull that knowing into my consciousness again, say, okay, you know, I need to go do something playful now you know? Right. Well, yeah. and I love that you said the higher expression, because we had gone through that list of famous people. And, you know, there's like, you know, on every list, there's sort of a couple of people where you're thinking, Oh, my God, I have the same card as that person. Yeah, but yeah, that's exactly it. The cards, okay. it's there's a higher version of each card and a lower version, right? There's the higher version of the hearts and the lower version, the high version of the heart is compassion, right? The low version is like emotional drama and manipulation. Yes. So everyone's expressing along this range of their card and their hand. And that's how you see so many different people with the same card, even the same birthday expressing it so differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do you think makes the difference? Like how do we endeavor to be the higher expression? Well, I'm going to go back to what I always go back to, which is doing your inner work. But I, I would say it's, it's, societal conditioning, it's how we were raised, it's issues we might have had to deal with when we were kids, all of that stuff is sort of compounded. So whenever I see someone, quote unquote, misbehaving, or not operating out of the high side of their card, the main thing I think is, they must have so many issues from childhood that they've never looked at, and never dealt with. And so for me, it's it's being brave enough to go to those areas and, and clear that out so that you can live that higher, I hate to say, you know, higher, we say higher, but it's almost like, it seems like we're saying better than, but it it feels so much better to be able to shed that gunk from whatever you had going on as a child. And it's not to say that, you know, every generation has got their generational, it's like my generation, I'm a Gen X. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was like, leave them in the crib and let them cry it out. Wow. Well, that's not luckily I have a niece that's two and a half and the doctor is telling her parents that is not what you can do please don't do that I mean that is so traumatizing so you've got generations of kids that were raised like that well there's one thing that's a problem that we have to work on (laughs) as adults you know what I mean right right so and but it's just it's it's not to say parents did a bad job or whatever they I mean there's so many factors that went into it of course yes you know it just it's uh, blaming anyone is not going to help it's just no, you going, not going into your about own, here right yeah no it's you going into your own whatever you've got going on and figuring out okay what is it that I need to work on and look at and clear and of course there are millions of ways to do what that. are your favorite ways to clear okay um I have spent several years going and getting soul retrieval shamanic work tell me about that so it starts with the most recent thing that you have experienced that is a problem. So did you get into a fight with someone? Did you get upset about something? You're just trying to get to the most recent emotional, whatever's Mm -hmm. coming up. Right. And then you sit with that and you let the emotions come up. Because one thing we do as adults is we suppress. And if you watch children, like you said, running around, they have their meltdown and they just freaking move on. Exactly. 
that's really the, the best way to do it is let the energy come through, let the emotion come up and maybe not even attach a story to it. Right. But, so this is the emotion kind of comes up, you let it build up as much as you can. And then you would kind of feel in, in your body a, a way to transform it. So you might say, is it a shape, a color, a texture? Is it bringing up an image of anything? Some One time I remember being like, oh, it looks like spaghetti. Mm. And then you just are transforming it. Can you transform it into something like a butterfly or whatever? And then can you kind of let that fly away? And mm-hmm. so there's a way to transform the energy that way. Um, another that. way is to go into go into it and kind of allow the memory to come forward if one wants to come forward. Okay. And then you're a lot of times what happens with soul retrieval, the idea is that you've left a piece of yourself back in that moment. Mm. So I remember one time I, it was like a birthday party when I was young, my birthday party, and I didn't want to be the center of attention. So I ran and hid under the bed mm-hmm. and I did this session with my shaman and I found myself as a child under that bed. And it's like, you're seeing the wallpaper that used to be there, the mm. four, the four post bed that I used to have that I've completely forgotten about. It's kind of like the whole picture comes back mm. and then you coax that part of yourself out and you say, I, what do you need right now? What can I give you? And you give yourself that, that. And so it doesn't even, it's like, you don't have to know about the birthday story. You can just say, what does this version of myself that's wounded right now and sad need in this moment? And then it's that self-soothing and kind of thing that can kind of heal and bring that forward. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. So um, is there anything that you want to share right now, like special event coming up? You mentioned the Camino. I'd love for you to, you know, tell us about, you know, why we should be looking at the Camino and what's what's in store for this. I mean, it's a fascinating trip. I, I think, you know, I shared with you, Laura, that's somehow you came up and you were the second hit, you know, I talk about threes and someone, a good friend of mine's going on the Camino. Then you came up and I'm like, huh, okay. Waiting for my third. Cause this is right. so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right, Man, the Camino is, so we're taking a group this fall, September 24th through, uh, through September 30th. And we're going to walk actually a couple of days. We'll be walking 25 kilometers, which is like 15 and a half miles. Okay. So it's, it's pretty intense walking, but we're doing um, this piece between this town called Orense and Santiago de Compostela, which is the, the okay. final point. Right. Um, and it is a holy year. They postponed it a couple of years, which means there'll be more pilgrims and they, they're doing something in the church. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but it, so there'll be more people traveling, especially because we've been on lockdown for two years, but yes, it's crazy because when you're walking that, it's like there's a pull. You can almost feel the energy pulling you wow. to walk. And Shirley MacLaine wrote a great book about the Camino. She did it in the 90s. And she talks about there's this theory that there are ley lines underneath the paths. But you definitely are walking on a path that people have walked on for over a thousand years mm. to make this pilgrimage mm. to this town that only exists because this pilgrimage started. And they quote unquote claim they found the remains of St. James, Mm -hmm. (laughs) St. James the Great Mm -hmm. in this field, Campo field, Stella stars of stars out in the middle of nowhere. And then people just started coming from wherever their house, Italy, they can just walk from wherever they want to start. Mm. And that's been going on. And for, for that long. And of course it died out for a while. It was, became unpopular, but it's become a lot more popular lately and there are all these different routes. So we're going to be on a route that's a lot less traveled okay. and which means we won't see as many people, but 
what I love about it is it actually gives you that ability to be doing something walking Mm -hmm. without any distractions. You're not going to be on your phone. You're not going to be listening to music. Right. And that's where you can really connect in with that intuition. And people usually are called to the Camino. Yeah. Like you said, you're waiting for your third phone mm-hmm. call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because they're called There's to something go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know people that have tried to go, they've flown over there and then something happened and they just couldn't get, they just didn't make it happen. So it didn't work. So when it's your time, you'll be called. But yeah. um, also, I mean, usually you would like camp and stay in these um, hotels or almost like they're not really hostels. They're just bunk beds. There's like tons of bunk beds where you're staying and trying to find a room every night and carrying all your stuff with you. And that's just not anything that I'm into. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's definitely for a certain type of traveler. Right. (laughs) So, but what I've realized is if you have your luggage taken care of and they're moving luggage for you and you're carrying just a little day pack and we're busing you to and from the route each morning so that Uh you can walk because you have to walk a hundred kilometers into Santiago to get your certificate to say you completed it. Yes. So we're doing that. And you don't have to worry about anything. I mentioned before, you don't ha- have to make any decisions. Nice. Your food is already decided for you. You might pick nice. a few things off the menu. So you yes. really actually, in that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you don't have to worry about your food. You don't have to worry about you, your physical discomfort unless you get a blister. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you're, you're wiping out all of the bottom of that pyramid and you've got the spiritual stuff at the top and that's what you're going to have time to work mm. with. And so it's a really Beautiful. good trip for people who are going through life transformation Mm-hmm. feel like they need a big change. They're just not sure what it is or really want to tune into their inner guidance. I love it. That's and great. I do have um, a course that I'm opening on March 20th or mm-hmm. you can sign up now, but it starts March 20th. It's live. Mm-hmm. It's online, but everything is recorded. So you, if you can't make certain sessions, it's not a problem, but it's actually intuition training. I call it intuition activation course. So it's taking people through a step-by-step process to create their intuitive kind of sanctuary workshop place where they can always go Mm. to, to get information. It's like um, a more directed approach than just being like, I'm just going to close my eyes and see what happens. It's creating all these pathways in the brain to, to have a place to access so that you can tap into that intuition. And what I love about it is by the end, it gives you proof that you actually do have this type of ability. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. actually get this concrete proof. I love it. Oh my gosh. So amazing things. And so we'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes and they can find you at just your website is Laura, the Perfect. Laura, the That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This has been amazing. Um, fascinating um, work that you're doing. And I, I can't wait for people to dive into cardiology, look up their type and maybe even see on the Camino, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm waiting for that third hit. We'll see. Right. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Laura. All right. Take care. Bye.